Welcome to Bullshit Free Witchcraft. I'm your host, Trey Dorn, and we are moving forward to yet another episode. This episode, we're going to be talking about the concept of techno-paganism, or really more technology and witchcraft, but techno-paganism is a great umbrella term that mostly covers this, and someone came up with it in the 90s, and that's the most 90s term ever, and whatever. I like it. Anyways, obviously I'm not going to talk about... uh, the satanic panic like I promised last month and I'm going to do that eventually but really what I'm going to do is stop promising when I'm going to cover certain topics because anytime I have to reshuffle them I end up keep explaining at the top of the episode why I'm not talking about the thing that the previous episode I said I was going to talk about and that's just dumb that's that's dumb so the reason why I'm talking about techno-paganism is uh because of an online comment that happened. Actually, almost it was a really long time ago, but it, it's been sitting in my mind, this conversation, where I was in the comment... So I was reading uh, a witchcraft blog, and the person running the blog, she wrote a post about uh, creating your own scrying mirror, because you know using black mirrors in scrying is incredibly common. And I offhanded mention that uh, I used uh, my smartphone for scrying. Rather than carrying around a dedicated black mirror, I had this device that when the screen is off is effectively a black mirror. And if you've never understood where the title of the Netflix original show Black Mirror comes from, ah. But anyways, I commented how I just would use my smartphone because I have this device in my pocket that could double as a scrying mirror. Why not? And the, the blog owner asked me if I th- thought it was strange and thought like asked if I had ever had any problems connecting to uh, the item because it was a piece of technology. And that took me aback because I didn't even think about it. I didn't even think twice about it. Because for me, I've always integrated technology into my craft. And I mean, obviously, I just said, no, I don't have a problem. But I realized that there are so many witches of uh, who who don't really use technology the way that say I do or the way a lot of younger witches do and I thought that might be an interesting thing to talk about so let's talk about techno witchcraft and techno paganism Now, younger listeners of the podcast may have never heard the term techno-paganism before because it's it's such a 90s term. And if you have heard of it, you probably only heard it in context that the character Jenny Callender used it on Buffy. That's, that's the only pop culture mention of it I can think of. But it, it is a real word. It was not made up for television. And it it is just the basic idea of using technology in witchcraft. Now, back when the term was coined, it was used for kind of a huge umbrella of stuff where people would like even refer to someone using an oven and, you know, an electric oven <laughs> to dry herbs or something. They would refer to that as techno-paganism. And um, like... I don't want to go that broad, obviously, with the definition. I, I prefer to keep it narrow and focused on use of like computers and technology like that in, in electronics, in, in, in actual witchcraft, and something much more technology-focused rather than 
case of because if we defined it so broadly, anyone who used a candle warmer would be considered a techno pagan, and I don't think most people who do that would consider it to be this. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's if if you want to call yourself that for doing that, you do you. That's fine. That's great. There's nobody harmed by that. But uh, <laughs> and of course, the term techno paganism, you know, comes from the '90s, which means that. Uh, yeah, it does use the word paganism, which refers to, of course, the neo-pagan movement, which is very connected to the modern witchcraft movement. In fact, they were kind of the same thing at one point, but the fact is that there are secular witches who are non-religious who wouldn't necessarily describe themselves as pagans. There are Christian witches, there are all those things, and so uh, I'm using the term techno-paganism only out of habit. Uh, techno, te There's not a good techno-witchcraft, just sounds awkward to me but it's probably a more accurate term. Uh, but either way, the whole point is just using technology in your witchcraft. Now, the idea that this needs to be considered separate from regular witchcraft might actually be foreign to uh, the younger people listening to this, because what I've seen um, out of my interactions, and maybe this is just selection bias, but what I've seen out of the younger witches I've interacted with is a much more... Uh, natural go-to using uh, tech technology in their witchcraft, be it, uh, and probably the most common way it's used is doing things with uh, a smartphone that might have actually been done with paper before, or using items of technology as uh, ritual tools where previous generations of witches wouldn't have thought to do it. It's like... The biggest example we always used to talk about in the 90s is was using a keeping a floppy disk of shadows. And you can all just roll your eyes. And in fact, I actually used to have a floppy disk of shadows. I'm not going to lie. That is actually my first book of shadows in the 90s was a floppy disk. And yeah, obviously I'm not using that anymore. Besides the limited lifespan of magnetic storage and the fact that no, modern devices have floppy disk drives. I, st I did switch to paper because I like the... Honestly, it just feels good in the hand, and the act of writing feels somehow more of a connection to me. But that's a personal thing. It's the primary task of a Book of Shadows, is just storing information. And using a smartphone or a tablet or a laptop or... Uh, keeping it not locally and keeping it on the internet using like a blog like or a Tumblr, like those actually make perfectly good sense. I mean, obviously there are drawbacks. If you're keeping it on a smartphone, the lifespan of these batteries, which are often non-removable, is limited. And lithium-ion batteries eventually stop holding a charge over the number of cycles of the battery. And so there is a risk that you could end up bricking it. So I will say if you use a Book of Shadows digitally, you should always make backups. Backup, backup, backup. I mean, this should be true of any of your digital files, but backup like crazy. If you're using something like Tumblr, backup, backup, backup. Because when you are at the whims of a third-party company, especially with an internet company, those things can shut down at any minute. Like it's And, and that your knowledge would be lost forever. So remember to export. <laughs> remember to export uh, but the fact is is that there are so many conveniences there it means you can always have your book of shadows on you I have a 
you know, without having to carry around a leather-bound book or a notebook that can get damaged with you at all times. With a paper-based Book of Shadows, you just have the one copy. I can't back up my Book of Shadows unless I literally just start a new one and copy it all over again when I use paper. If you were doing it digitally, you can back it up, keep it multiple places, and you can access it anywhere. Like, being able to take your Book of Shadows out into the woods is really convenient, and if it's on a smartphone, there you go. And so that's that's the most basic thing I see so many young people are doing, and anyone doing that would have been considered a techno-pagan in the 90s. Like, not doing things with physical hand and physical paper or like that, that is entirely, that is the most techno-pagan concept there is. So the funny thing to me is that while the term techno-pagan or techno-witchcraft don't necessarily get used at all anymore, there's a whole generation of witches who are just doing it instinctively. And that's, that's really cool, in my opinion. Um, Likewise, though, I think there's some really interesting things you can do if you start working your witchcraft into technology. And I don't mean just, you know, the, the basic things of using consumer tools the way they were intended just for magical purposes. I mean, there's a lot of fun stuff you can do. Like, for me, the, the idea of, let's take sigils, all right? Now, sigils, when you do them on paper, physically exist once you've created them, right? That item exists until it's destroyed. What happens, though, when you digitally create a sigil, though? Like, instead of being a one-of-a-kind item, it you are either you are creating it a, a visual image, and that is the sigil, but is it the same sigil if you close the file and reopen it? Is that display of the sigil... Like, is that the same one? If you put it on a different screen, if you open it on two computers, have you created two or have you created one because it's only one file? Like, there's a lot of complicated thoughts that you have to put into this. Now, my favorite way to do a sigil is to do it the hardest way possible if you're going to do it digitally, and that is not to create an image file, which, again... It's very complicated. But what if you create it procedurally using a programming language? What if you, even if you were creating it with HTML, if you had five images that the way you displayed them would interlock into patterns to form the sigil and would only display properly when the HTML page is loaded, that sigil, because if you even consider that a sigil exists within the concept of the file, if, you only, if the sigil is only created when those images are assembled together, then by loading the HTML file, you're reassembling the sigil from its pieces. Likewise, you could create a program that graphically renders a sigil. Now, is the program the sigil, or is the displayed image? These are questions. <laughs> I don't necessarily have good answers, but... I think they're, they're questions that, as we as if we integrate more technology into our witchcraft, we have to ask ourselves, like, what is it that we're actually doing? What's our goal here? And is it as effective? 
I don't know. Besides just personal spellcraft, technology has made such a huge change on the modern witchcraft movement in the sense that, like, we're able to connect with each other. And that's that's been kind of the inherent thing, going back to even Witchbox. But, no, oh, the fact that you are, you know, listening to this very podcast in many ways, learning about paganism and witchcraft through... Uh, any sort of digital meeting could have been considered, would have definitely been considered techno-paganism uh, 20 years ago. So, to me, though, one of the more interesting things is the way that technology has enabled us to uh, form groups using the internet. I mean, the fact is that there are plenty of online covens that you know organize over Discord and other group chat surfaces that uh, that just no one would have considered that like if, if we had, if people had been con- organizing their coven on IRC in you know 1995 I'm sure somebody did I'm 100% certain somebody came up with that but the fact is, is that those people would have been viewed as odd now there's a whole generation of witches who will go on to uh, Discord and things like that and organize group magic through these services. I mean, the very fact that there are places like uh, the Tumblr uh, witch community, which is a whole ball of wax, but like I've met people through there who have really kind of diversified. Like, I came up as a Wiccan, right? And I was, I, I started learning about witchcraft in the 90s. It would have been very simple for me to stay on a really focused, narrow path with what my idea of witchcraft was. But the fact is, is that my involvement in online witch spaces is really what exposed me to um, all these other forms of witchcraft that I never would have thought about. And the fact is, is that if I had stayed offline, if I had just been practicing witchcraft on my own, and even just going to my local pagan store, uh, my local witchcraft shop, like, I wouldn't have learned anything about these other forms of witchcraft. So, it's it's interesting. It's technology when used with uh, in the social aspect of of witchcraft, whether it be actual organizing to practice in the sense in the sense of online covens and online groups or just to learn and talk to each other like these these are amazing parts of of what is still the the, the no longer referred to but really is the same techno pagan movement from 20 years ago and what's amazing to me is that there are people who reject all of this. And I mean, and if you don't feel a magical connection to using technology in your craft, that's fine. Like, obviously, you should only use materials that you feel like you can connect with and that you feel like work for you in that sense. And I'm definitely not being critical of people who, you know, want to... I use a paper book of shadows now. It's, I used to use the digital one. I've been using a paper one for a long time now, and I like it better. But there's nothing wrong with, you know, whether you want to or whether you don't. But the very fact is that there are people 
who view any use of the internet in relation to their witchcraft as anathema. They don't want to read an ebook. You know, the fact is, is that while books that I purchased in my, you know, early days, you know, either borrowed or purchased were paper books because it was, again, the 90s, and I am not young. Uh, I'm not old, but I'm not young. I'm, well, I'm approaching middle age. I'm 38. It's, I'm not middle-aged yet, but give me two years. Uh, <laughs> but, God, now I know I'm getting old because I lost my train of thought there for like a moment. Uh, I'm a ridiculous human being. But the fact is that there are people who reject any use of technology. They don't want to, to, to read an ebook. They don't want to have their witchcraft touched by any sort of tech that just kind of blows my mind and I don't know if, uh, if I can really understand that world see for me as a the reason why like for me technology is inherently magical is because when I am writing code it's I used to be a programmer um, if I'm writing code or if I'm, I'm doing anything with that, if I'm connecting things, what I'm doing is I am putting in a sequence of words and keys and a sequence of language which causes something to happen. And it's so similar to the entire concept of a spell. Like, it's the same idea. Like, that's why I went on a weird ramble about sigils, because I've used sigils, and... I've always done them still traditionally on paper, but I've always, mostly because I'm lazy, because this comes into this idea of, is a sigil a sigil when it's just the file on my hard drive? And I don't have an answer to that question. You, in fact, heard me ramble about how I don't have an answer to that question. But to code something feels a connection to me. It feels like a connection to me. And the very fact that we are running high amounts of electrical energy through devices, and we ourselves are just electrical energy running through biological devices com accompanied by some chemical reactions. Uh, that is so similar to me that the part of me that even thinks about things like sympathetic magic just leads to a direct connection. You know, it's the number of times, I mean, honestly, most spells I cast, because I spend my, my daily, my day job, I spend eight hours in front of a computer, and then when I'm off, you know, not doing the day job, I'm doing things like this podcast, I do comics, but they're web comics, and so they're all on digital surfaces and on the internet. It's I spend so much time, and then when I'm done with that, I go sit down with my wife, and we watch... TV and things that are streamed from the internet and I play video games on I pretty much spend every, almost every waking almost every waking moment on a work day is spent in contact with digital devices you know my weekends are different but my work day a work day is almost completely my hands are usually within inches of a computer or some sort of electronic device that's just, that's my life. And so most of the time I'm casting magic, I'm casting magic on the computer. I am attempting to get that Excel file to resolve. I am 
doing things in relation to tech. And so the idea of, of techno-paganism not being, or, or techno-witchcraft is the term I should be using. I'm the worst. Um, the idea of that not being a part of my witchcraft in working with tech and connecting with technology in my witchcraft just doesn't doesn't work for me. I spend so much time just encased in it, and I'll put a photo of my desk in the show notes because this thing is... People don't believe my desk. <laughs> it looks like something out of bad like i look like i should be the you know character who in the second act the heroes go to to go hack the gibson even though i'm not really doing anything more than you know using the internet streaming youtube and working in excel but i'll put i'll put a photo of my desk in there because it is my my desk is a masterpiece i also though you know it also faces east for a reason because again have to magically charge these things, right? I don't know. This has been a weird episode, uh, mostly because I wanted to talk about technology and witchcraft, but I didn't really have too much of a plan. And uh, hopefully you guys won't hate me. I swear I'll be more organized next time, but I won't tell you what I'm going to talk about because we all know that if I did, I would end up talking about something else. So I'm just going to cross our fingers and hope my original plans, any of my original, like the three different... I don't know, it'll be one of three things, but I won't tell you what any of those three things are ahead of time. Um, I really don't have much else to say, so I'm going to wrap up the episode here. Uh, thank you so much for entertaining my weird rambles on a monthly basis. If you like the show and would like to support it, it does have a Patreon at patreon.com slash T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N. That is patreon.com slash T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N. And you can find me on Twitter at T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N, Tregorn. You can find me on Tumblr at uh, tregorn.tumblr.com. And you can find me outside your house right now in the bushes. But not like doing anything weird. I'm just doing some pruning. Because... Frankly, that one hedge is just getting too tall, man. You gotta, you gotta take care of that, man. You gotta take care of that. Jeez. I'm making a joke about bushes. It's like currently snowing like crazy. There's a lot of snow. I don't know what I did to deserve this snow. I'm sure it wasn't good. Whatever. Alright, so, still don't know how to end the show. Eventually, I'll come up with a nice tag here. Eventually, we'll come up with a nice description of, you know, you, the listeners. And remember, if you want to hear me on my other podcast, I uh, am one of the hosts of Nerd and Tie at nerdandtie.com. And uh, all my other stuff you can find at tradorn.com. And, of course, the website for this is bsfreewitchcraft.trhonline.com. And, um, stuff. Whatevs. <laughs> 